Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. It can happen as simply as thinking with the end in mind, by the way. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. And I have, um, I have to share some strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with my listeners here. I've put together an insightful and think out the bo- outside the box live web class on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. It's been specifically designed for you to help you learn how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. Why now? Join me and find out all about all the benefits that come along with having a sale-ready business. Register for free at exitwithaplan.com. And I'm really excited to have my guest and new friend with me today, Majid Abai. And he is a serial entrepreneur with 30-year track record of founding, leading, operating, and advising high-tech and innovative companies globally. Since 2015, Majid has been uh, the chief Sherpa at Concepts Rise. Uh, Majid and his team advise clients on how to maximize revenue by focusing on client success, excuse me, customer success, operational excellence, and product innovation. Majid is a member of the Fiduciary and Advisory Board for several nonprofits and for-profit organizations. He speaks at various conferences globally and has published several articles, co-authored a book called data strategy and is an adjunct professor at UCLA for the past nine years. Welcome to Profit with a Plan, Majid. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So we have had some fantastic conversations uh, in the past few weeks about working with with customer service and, and making sure that, you know, it's so hard to go out and get customers. But the biggest problem companies have these days is that they're not keeping those customers and they're not satisfying those customers. And I think that that's a really missed opportunity, a really big missed opportunity that many uh, business owners are missing out on. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Uh, There is certainly a gap between sales success and customer success in organizations, especially technology organizations. We spend, in technology, we spend a lot of time and money and effort to capture, spend money on marketing, we capture uh, the client, we take them through the sales process, and that's very, very, very costly. And then on the other side, those clients stay with us normally, maybe for a cycle or two, And then after they move on to our competitors or to other organizations, they don't necessarily stay with us. It's because we don't really spend time thinking about our client's success. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, of what they buy from us, but we are talking about understanding their needs and pains after they sign up with us so that they can stay with us longer spend more mm. and really increase the lifetime value 
so that they're our customers. And most importantly, we want them to be our advocates. We want them to bring other clients to us and refer us. You know, that's a really great point. Um, we know that it costs a lot of money to get a customer, right? Um, but the lifetime value of what that customer can bring and the advocacy of them going out and referring you to other customers is huge. There's got to be a trick. Why are we missing it? Why does the consumer or why does the business owner today not think about this factor? What, what's missing for them? A lot of people are starting to start thinking about that. But traditionally, there has been so much focus on marketing and sales that a lot of organizations, regardless of industry, they haven't spent time of really thinking about customer success on, on that side. So uh, there, is, there is a lot of, and you mentioned customer lifetime value. So CLB is something I talk to, I want to say hundreds of CEOs a year. And every single one of them, that I talk to, I ask them, what is your CLV? What's the custom, uh, customer lifetime value? Throughout my whole entire career, not one has been able to tell me that. Mm. Every single one of them says it depends. Well, when we go and they become a client and we go to the databases and we take that data out and it's not a really crazy calculation to pick it up, we are immediately able to tell them that your best customers this is the lifetime value. Your average customer, this is the lifetime value. And even your worst customer, this is the lifetime value. And uh, that becomes so much of an important conversation that by knowing just that CLB, you're able to really set up strategies for your organization because that lets you know who your best customers are, who your worst customers are. And what are your average customers? So let me give you an example. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it also gives you an opportunity to understand how much you can afford to spend on the client acquisition when you know what that customer average or or let's let's just use the average that you know that they're going to spend they're going to spend a thousand dollars with you over their life, or they're going to spend five thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars, whatever that number is. You now know that where you break even and where you profit because you've got the cost of acquisition, you've got the cost of, of your production and delivery of your product or service. And then now you can see where that profit margin is. And to go back to what you, I think we're going to say is now you can start finding that right client. Exactly. So just imagine that uh, your best customer and let's, let's take a, let's take a software company. Let's take mm -hmm. a SaaS software company. Okay. And a SaaS software company, let's say that they have, they charge just for simple calculation, $4,000 a month for the service that they provide. And which means about $50,000 a year. And at about $50,000 a year, let's say these clients stay with them for five years. So now you're looking at a customer lifetime value of $250,000. Mm -hmm. Now that's a good, customer lifetime value, going back to your point, and I'm not deducting the cost of doing the business and everything, it's just because of sure. our conversation today. But $250,000 customer lifetime value, that allows me to know if I spend $10,000 for a customer acquisition, that might be a good spend mm -hmm. for me to really take that and go forward 
as you as you mentioned. So I know my CAC could go up to about even $25,000 because I pay 10% to people to, to get that. Now, if I provide better customer service, if I provide better product, if I provide other services and understand what their needs are above and beyond, I can take that $250,000 and maybe get these guys to spend $75,000 with me per year. And because I'm offering them more services, a higher level of services, mm -hmm. and I can get them to stay with me, let's say for another five years, because now I have so many hooks in them that they cannot go somewhere else because price is a little bit cheaper because I provide so many width of services for them. So if you're able to do that, now, all of a sudden, they went from $50,000 a year to $75,000 a year. And they went from uh, five years to a 10-year life cycle. So now, all of a sudden, they went from a $250,000 CLV or lifetime value to $750,000 lifetime value for my company without me spending another marketing dollar. Yes, so I'm spending money on better service. I'm spending money on better product and services. But my revenue, top line revenue, just increased threefold because I identified that client and what their needs are. Now it gets even better. And what happens is that if throughout the 10 years, this company that we are providing these services to they love us so much that they only refer one customer to our business, one customer, and they get to live on an average CLD. We are looking at doubling that top line revenue without even having spent another marketing dollars. So you're all of a sudden seeing that that level of interest for a customer that is successful using your product and now becomes your advocate that really takes your revenue from $250,000 to a million and a half, a six time over mm -hmm. because you provided fantastic service. That's fantastic. And, and, you know, any business, you don't have to be a tech business, but that, that example was fantastic. I like to use the example that when I'm working with uh, clients to explain how the banks work, you know, the bank will come in and they'll say, okay, here's your banking account. Well, while you're at it, we've got a credit card and we've got a car loan and we've got a mortgage loan and we have your kid's savings account. And if you need a home equity line or bring in your business and we'll give you this. They put all these little solutions available to you that are complementary and they understand you need, like in your example of the tech story. And you can any business can do that, not not as a bank, but I mean, any business can do that and put together services to you know, add value to the client without having to go out and get, you know, go out and get new clients for that. So I love that idea that you brought up that if you just bring more services in or provide something that they already need, then you can keep that, that client longer and um, make them happier and harder for them to leave you. They should never want to leave you because you do fantastic customer service. Um, but it, it's, it's a philosophy that really helps small businesses to scale and keep that client longer. This I is agree really good. 100%. That was a fantastic example 
although I tend to use a lot of technology company examples, sure. we have done this with CPAs, we have done this with national print firms, we have done this with even fertility clinics, to be able to understand what the model is that mm. and the reasons are, the pains are that people come to them. And what are the hooks? So an example of the CPA firm was that uh, they didn't know who their best client was. They thought rich, wealthy families would be, and I'm talking about taxation part of it. Sure. They had audit and everything else. But the personal tax part of it, they thought that it was really the wealthier uh, individuals or families that would do taxes. When we did our analysis, we realized it wasn't that. It was really the average middle-income family that they would come in, they would do their taxes, they would be happy, they paid the three or $4,000 annual that they charged, and they would go and won't come back. The difference was, won't come back until next year's taxes. The difference was that, well, you're always having a risk with them leaving your company because of the price. So where was the personal touch here? So on the anti-cycle, which would be during the summer, not that CPAs are ever busy, ever not busy, <laughs> we were able to set up a time where they would do tax planning with that individual. So maybe a couple of hours worth of work that they would build into the price at the end of the year, but really provide it for free. Now you were giving some service that nobody else was providing. And that made the lifetime value go higher because people didn't care if they paid a few hundred dollars more now, but they were getting some tax consultation at the beginning of the year or middle of the year for next year to say how to set everything up so that they save in their money. So it happens in all industries and it could be done really in all industries to become the customer successful more than anything. Now you keep talking about customer success. So let's let's put a simple definition in there of we're talking customer service, but customer success. Now you use that word, not very many people use customer success. So define that out for me. So customer service is different than customer success. So customer service obviously is a component of customer success. But in case of a customer success, you have to think in a grander view. So in in, I'll give you an example. In your case of you being in your consulting firm, you have clients, you provide services. Obviously, you have to provide great customer service. That's, 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 that's the bottom obvious. floor. That's, that's the, the bottom floor. Customer service in a second. <laughs> but what will happen, but what will happen is that your customer will call you and says, I need an attorney. You're not an attorney, but you're the trusted advisor. Now you take their customer your customer success to heart. So you're going to go to your network. You're going to find them the best attorney that might support the need that they have at that moment, which has nothing to do with your business. Right. You will not make a dime out of that. But at the end of the day, you contributed to your customer's success because they had a pain, they had a need, and you provided the service to them because that would elevate them. Now you become a trusted uh, advisor. That, now try to expand it in a, in a case of a much bigger organization. Now I'll give you an example with that. In a 
the example of it is a car company. Mm. You take your car, all of us will take our cars to the dealership for service. And whatever the issue is, the customer service is how you're greeted, how they fix the car, whether they do it on time, whether they charge you a lot, they don't charge you a lot. And at the end of the day, with most car companies, you're going to get a survey of how was the dealer's customer service. Well, that's awesome. And that's a component of success. Customer success, however, and only some companies, car companies think about it, is really your life after you own that car. So mm. BMW is a great example of that. They came in and they said, you know, it's really a pain in the neck for my customers to pay for service. So they bundled service within the cost of the company for the first three years. So you buy the car, you take a BMW for service, they will not charge you a dime ever. Even for changing the uh, wiper blade on your car, they will not do. The only thing you pay for is the tires. That's not included. But you you pay for that. By the way, I'm not advertising here for BMW. <laughs> but they thought about the pains that the customer has, right. and they really took it in. And for example, they might a lot of them give you uh, obviously return customer discounts and better rates for different uh, return customers, but none of them ever think about telling you, hey, what is your family dynamic? Do you have a wife? Does she need a car? Do you have a daughter or son who's gonna get into the age of driving and they might need a car? So those are all customer success stories that you can, you have a customer already built in. I get it. I Why get don't it. you reach out to me and say, well, we can give you a really good discount if your son or daughter turn out to be 16 or 17 and now they need a car. Wow. So I think the difference that I'm hearing is that you could either, it's, it's adding more value to your the the customer that's coming in they came to you for one solution but there are other solutions that can be provided and you can either bundle them or you can upsell them at times that they need or or ascend them on your value ladder when they are um, finished with product number one and logically need to step into product number two or three or four and i think that to me is huge because every single business can have that kind of solution. Whether you're a dentist and you come in to get your teeth clean, next thing you know, you're getting whitening or you're getting um, some, some beautiful crowns put on or you're getting some teeth straightening or something to do with your bad breath. There are layers that you can do um, and upsells that you can have or even packages or attractive features to bring them in. Because I know that Competition is is big out there, right? And you have to differentiate yourself, your business from the guy next door. You know, think Starbucks on every corner. There's there's other companies that do what you do out there, and I think that that customer success component would be a huge differentiation. It is it is absolutely true. So you mentioned dentistry. We did that with a dentistry client, and we did test a few things. And here's a great uh, story. The idea was in a lot of cases, the person who answers the phone in a dentist is probably a very low paid, low weight uh, person just makes a point. So we had a situation where they would call, somebody would call and the person said, I can't give you an estimate of how much it costs. 
you have to come see the dentist, you have to come see the dentist, you have to come see the dentist. Well, there was one who said, wait, how long has it been since you've had pain? How does it feel? Can you do work? You need to come in today. Is there anything we need to do to make you feel better until you come see the dentist? And connected that person, connected personally to the, that potential patient and was able to really get that person to come in that day. That person didn't ask one cost question because cost was now at the door. There was a personal conversation here so that they connected with. And I personally have gone and actually changed doctors because I went took my mother to a doctor. And as I was waiting in the waiting room for my mother to finish her visit, I was observing the activity of the office manager. And she was so on top of it and so friendly to every single person in the waiting room. Then I said, mom, I'm going to change my doctor to you. And I have never seen the doctor itself, but it was the activity of that person sitting up front that right. made me extremely happy with the level of service they were providing. So those are the little things that go a long way. But the, yeah, they go a long, a big, long way. Um, how do you how do you engage um, your team or your clients' teams to become that person at the front counter that wows the heck out of everybody and the person that answers the phone that offers that added value or says, oh, I see you haven't been in for a while. Can we offer you this to get you to come in? Or, you know, whatever the moves are that you're you're gonna make, how do you get how do you get buy-in from the employees or the team uh, to do that for you? Well, it depends on the culture or shift of the organization. This is, by the way, a very, very good question. So we always start at the very beginning of identifying who the best customer is, what is the profile of that best customer, whether this is a person or is a company, uh, who are also the worst customers, so that we can tell the marketing team and the sales team not to get them into the door. Because <laughs> not they, to duplicate the bad ones, exactly. duplicate the good Just ones. <laughs> drains your resources and you know will, wouldn't get you anywhere that you need to go. And then really build the profile of the pains that that customer has walking into the door day one and the pains they will have in the future that they would be able to, we might be able to provide services that they're going to need. So they want to come in because of a pain, but what are the other services that they will get in future days? How do we reach out to them? How do we really connect? What is the personality that we want to have going forward? Is it our, and here becomes a very important aspect of customer service. Uh, and I always use the following example of, are we a Ritz Carlton? Are we a Westin or are we a Motel 6 when it comes to customer <laughs> service? Not to knock anybody buddy down, all of them provide a clean room, all of them provide a clean bathroom, all of them would provide a TV for entertainment. And price points are extremely different. And therefore, you cannot sell something that is a lower price point, but try to offer a high customer service, white club service of a Ritz-Carlton, because you will lose money. Mm -hmm. And vice versa, you cannot really ex ex um, expect your clients to have a 
Motel 6 experience when you're charging them that much. Mm. So there has to be really the level of service matching the level of charge that you get and what you really are promising has to be delivered. And that's something that we don't see happen with a lot of organizations. At least the expectations are not set correctly. And we want to make sure our customers know what they get and our team knows what they deliver. And those two always have to be the same. I think that I think that starts with um, understanding what your values and missions are uh, for the company, and then the 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 next step, or even the first step, is who is that ideal customer, and and how can you serve them in the best way at your price point, like you just explained with the with the hotels, in a way that you have to do the work. You have to go in and understand who your ideal customer is and the challenges or desires that they want solved. Um, so that way you're fitting the right, the right product with the right people in the right service at the right cost point, right? And um, I think that's, that's often over-missed. Um, I know that a lot of um, business owners started their company and they jumped to the fifth floor and they started chasing customers and putting out fires because they had something that they wanted to offer. But they never went back down to the ground floor and built out their structure and their, their, their solutions in alignment with, their, with the customer that they wanted to serve and do all the research that it sounds like you do when you're meeting with your clients and you're looking at their data as you're figuring out how do we get all these things aligned, right? Right, That's you're absolutely correct. It's all about alignment of the vision, where you want to go, what product you're selling, and what expectation that customer has from you. So at the end of the day, people, in a lot of cases, they have a product or a service, they deliver it, but they're not intentional about who that right client is and even less intentional about what kind of expectation that, that client they has from that level of delivery so yeah. it's uh, we we see that a lot that you know these three sides are absolutely disjointed ah oh, so true and and now especially because the 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 buzzword out there is experience you know, um, customers want an experience, not, you know, bells and whistles kind of stuff, but they want to have the right experience for where they're spending their money. Um, and so I think that's, that's really where you can, you can differentiate yourself. You can, you can be the, the category king of sort of your category if you know who that client is and what their expectations are and experience wants. Um, you could really knock it out of the park if you do that right. I agree with you 100%. Uh, it, it makes a lot of difference. And when you look at um, an organization such as, such as Airbnb that comes in and in a matter of a few years gets to have even more valuation than some of the bigger hotel chains, it's because they understood that level of an experience. Mm -hmm. They understood what those people wanted. They understood what they needed to deliver. And they understood some of the concerns that potential clients who are used to go to hotels have and how to mitigate those risks for those customers so that they can really transition out of hotels into Airbnb properties. 
and they really were very intentional. In oh, I, I, I just heard a story about Airbnb, not to go off or go down a rabbit hole, but did you know they started off with renting air mattresses in their own home? And that's where the air bed and breakfast came in. Air mattress bed and breakfast was the original name on that. Isn't that funny? I didn't and now know. Look, and now look at where they are. They're actually a firm that's trying to bring people into other people's homes to have that experience because they did the work. They did the work and found out who their ideal customer was and where they wanted to be and matched them with people that wanted to do the service. So love exactly. that idea. Very yeah. intentional into that level of a service to get the feedback, to really improve. There was so much, so much they thought about. And I think every single business really can think that way of understanding their customers Mm. Uh, understanding the needs of the customers, matching their products to fit the customer's needs. And on the other side, after they make the sale, really build a customer service and customer success plan so that these customers stay with them for a very long time and never move away. I love it. It, it, is, it is right on point because it's exactly what <clears throat> our, every business needs to have and think about and plan for is making sure that they've spent money. We talked about it in the beginning, how much money are you spending to acquire the customer? What's the lifetime you know, expense that they're going to spend with you? Um, lifetime value of it. But I mean, I think this is so important because the object, and I can't remember who it was. I was just trying to remember the, the title of it, but the object of every business is to acquire customers. Once you have the customer and you've completed the object, whatever your solution is, now how do you keep that customer and continue to love on them and engage with them and get them to come back and spend more, refer more, and make your business successful? Because they are what we're what we're what our whole goal of being in business is for, right? I agree. I, I'll expand. I think it was a Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker, thank you. Yes. And one of my friends, Steve Johnson, I want, to, I want to give him a shout out here. He expanded that quote. And he said that object of every business to, is to build a referenceable customers. So it's not just about customer acquisition anymore. It's about custom customer retention and customer advocacy. So we want that customer to really be an advocate for us in the market because they have peer groups that they talk to and we want them when they talk to the peer next peer group to say you have to try this service whatever so true might be. Because so true your I'm ratings are that. everything yes your re your referrals are everything because you know one bad apple can can spread a lot faster than one good apple right, right. you know someone's saying oh don't go to this customer and blah 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 where if they're saying no you need to go here this is fantastic and i think that's the basis of of having that referral type business. Um, and I love it. It's good. This is a great conversation, Majid. This is so fantastic. And I know that every single business out there needs to think about how they're doing customer success, even more importantly. So where can listeners find out more about you? So you can learn more about us at uh, our website, which is www.conceptsrise.com. And you can let go to the customer success section and it's uh, on the menu and you can reach out to me. We provide the 
advice every time. So uh, we really want to hear and of what you're doing and learn more about your business. So please uh, talk to us. We have a one hour free conversational yeah. session that we provide to every potential client. And uh, we're happy to talk to every single one. I love it. I love it. And you're adding customer value to your, your plan as well, right? <laughs> of course. Of course. We learn more yeah. and therefore we deliver better. Yeah. I, I think this is this is so important to engage in right now and and to refresh it constantly and make sure you're 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 looking great in front of your customer and and providing the service and and success that they're looking for. So this is wonderful. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thanks for you're having welcome. me here. Absolutely. All right, listeners, I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will make you become more profitable and taking care of that customer is going to make you more profitable, I promise. Um, and now more than ever, uh, it's important to build your, uh, your business like you want to sell it. Uh, don't forget to register for my new web class on how to turn your business into one more selling. Even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet, there are tons of benefits to having a sale-worthy business. Go check it out. It's on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Register for free at exitwithaplan.com. And you certainly don't want to miss this class. And uh, Majid and I would love to hear your questions or feedback. Tell us what your customer success story is and your greatest story that you did and you went out of your way for. We would love to hear that. Um, so go ahead and comment on today's podcast and don't forget to subscribe because you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you.